The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. April 19th through the 25th is National Infertility Awareness Week. Welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. As you may already know, the foundation of this podcast is to bring awareness to infertility by way of opening the conversation, allowing the shame to be lifted off of those who are on this journey of trying to conceive, TTC, and hopefully stopping it from being a a taboo subject and stopping the talks of infertility from being a taboo subject. By allowing this to be a topic that becomes common, we have the opportunity to change the narrative and to change the perspective and allow women internationally to have a voice. National Infertility Awareness Week, or um, the acronym that is commonly used is NIAW, is a movement founded in 1989 by Resolve, the International Infertility Association. So the mission um, of this organization back in 1989 was to empower UNI and to change the conversation around infertility. That's the official information that you find as to why this week was founded back in 1989. And although we've made great strides um, in opening up this conversation and have taken great strides in the realm of infertility, Uh, by way of uh, conversations, by way of medication, by way of uh, procedures, you can still see that this is a taboo subject for most, if not all, uh, cultures. And I recall when I wanted to start this podcast uh, and realized not everyone understood and not everyone was supportive. Uh, There were some that felt that uh, shedding light on this was as if I was proclaiming uh, and saying that I was infertile. And that was definitely not the case. It's still not the case. I wanted to shift the conversation and perspective of women going through this journey. And for those not going through this journey, I wanted to bring a a fresh perspective and allow others to be invited into the conversation uh, dealing with infertility. Uh, When starting the podcast, some felt that I would be judged on exposing this topic, but I personally felt that I was addressing the elephant that was in the room. Uh, There were definitely times where people were asking me, you know, why are you, um, you know, putting it off to have kids and when are you going to have a a child? Uh, And so 
opening up this conversation in my eyes was dealing with the elephant in the room. One thing that the enemy utilizes, and we've talked about this in several episodes, is that the enemy utilizes isolation. And in that realm of isolation, it in turn causes an individual to be silent uh, and to feel that they uh, do not have a voice. And so I wanted to make sure that even in the midst of uh, the storm, even in the midst of dealing with infertility, that I did not lose my voice, that I did not allow the enemy to keep me silent. And so this is why I really appreciate the fact that there is a week designated to bring awareness to this journey uh, and that it would hopefully allow women to be more comfortable talking about infertility and talking about female uh, anatomy, female reproductivity and all of that. I think all of, of those things are definitely taboo subjects. And I can speak from the perspective of being, you know, from Haitian descent and from the Haitian culture. Uh, this conversation is very difficult for people to have. Uh, and so um, I wanted to put a face to infertility as many women um, have in the past. Uh, if you look at the hashtag infertility, infertility awareness, you will see the number of women that are going through this, that are celebrating this week, that are speaking uh, of their journey, of their story, providing encouragement, providing insight. And I think that it is an amazing thing. So in honor of National Infertility Awareness Week, I would like to first cover some of the statistics out there so that we're all on the same page. So who has infertility? So you may have seen this um, posted uh, out there, and I know I've posted it personally on my page, that one in eight couples or 12% of married women have trouble getting pregnant or sustaining pregnancy. So it's not only that women, these one in eight women have challenges getting pregnant. Some of them, they get pregnant, but they are unable to sustain the pregnancy. And that comes by way of um, chemical pregnancies. I've talked about that in the past and I've experienced that um, in the past. Uh, And so women not only deal with the realm of, of infertility, but not being able to sustain a pregnancy. 7.4 7.4 million women, so about 12% of women, have have um, received infertility services in their lifetime. So 7.4 million women, so 12% of women, have had some type of infertility service um, during their lifetime. Approximately one-third of infertility is attributed to the female partner. One third is attributed to the male partner, and that is often not um, discussed or highlighted as well, um, because again, that is a taboo um, subject, especially for males. Um, And if we look at that, um, you know, women have the feeling of inadequacy, and so do men um, in this realm once they... Uh, reach the point in realizing that, hey, they may be the the challenge or the obstacle 
to conceive. And um, that is definitely a hard conversation to have. So one third of these cases are attributed to uh, the woman and one third of it is attributed to the male. And the other third is caused by a combination of issues um, with both partners uh, or what, what is often said as unexplained infertility. And unexplained infertility is one of the hardest to go through. Um, and I can speak from personal experience. Uh, I think I've st- stated this in, in previous um, episodes that all of my um, test results have come back, you know, with no issues and, and as well as my husband's. And that is the frustrating piece because um, there is no real answer as to why this is happening. And um, I've said this before, when um, things are unexplained, quote unquote, that is when you really have to dig deep um, from a spiritual perspective and understand the spiritual uh, attacks that come with uh, the journey of infertility. God's promise to us is that we will be fruitful and that we will multiply. And the enemy will utilize any avenue to stop the promises of God over your life. And so whether that comes from um, individuals doing certain incantations or speaking ill of you, all those things are evil spirits and that they they need to be uh, attacked on a spiritual level. And so um, whenever you find yourself in a quote unquote unexplained um, area or gray area, that's when you need to really dig deep on a spiritual level um, and, uh, you know, you know, say your own um, prayers, your own personal prayer points, your own declarations, your own affirmations to counter attack the things that are coming against you. And um, I'm going to connect this to something I'll say at the end of the podcast is I hope to shed light um, on that area, on the spiritual aspect of trying to conceive and the different uh, things that we can do as believers on this journey to infertility um, and infertility and uh, changing our ways of praying and seeking God's face. So yes, so one third um, is attributed to the women, one third is attributed to the man. And the remaining third is um, a combination of the both and it can just be unexplained. So unexplained um, falls into that category. So as we all know, um, conception and childbirth is a miracle. But I wanted to also provide the, the statistic that deals with conception and childbirth just so it puts it in perspective um, to you as a, a listener. So if you think of a couple, let's just say 29 to 33 years old, um, normal, you know, functioning reproductive system, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, that couple has a 20 to 25% chance of conceiving in any given month. So every month a woman ovulates she has a 20 to 25% chance, even if everything is going, you know, fine medically and all that, only a 20 to 25% chance of conceiving. That is a miracle. 
So after six months of trying, 60% of couples will conceive without medical assistance. So if you are part of the 60% of couples who have been able to conceive in the past six months, that in itself is a miracle. One aspect that is not always discussed, but I wanted to insert it here um, in this episode as we're uh, talking about the National Infertility Awareness Week is the fact that um, insurance coverage is a um, plight or a difficulty when dealing with infertility as well. So not many companies um, cover treatments for IVF and for IUI. Um, The insurance may cover some fertility medications, but it's still, the price is still high in comparison to other medications that a normal individual, you know, would take, you know, for high blood pressure, for diabetes and what have you. Also, seeing a fertility doctor is um, seen as um, trying to take, you know, uh, things to a next level and to see a specialist. And so that in itself has additional costs. So there is a higher copay. Uh, the procedures that take place, are, are may, they may not be covered. And so there's a lot of out-of-pocket costs that come from, um, to an individual dealing with infertility uh, because the insurance is not covering um, the procedures. You know, the insurance is not covering those, you know, the medication. And so all of these costs add up. So there are 16 states that have either um, have an insurance uh, mandate to offer or the uh, an insurance mandate to cover some level of infertility treatment. Uh, 10 of those states have insurance med- um, mandates and require qualified employers to include IVF as part of their coverage. Um, the states that have been highlighted on the National um, Infertility Awareness Week are Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island. So as you know, I live in Florida, and that is not one of the states that has been listed So although I've been blessed um, to have good insurance, it gets really expensive uh, when we're talking about, you know, seeing a fertility specialist or even going to the, you know, my OBGYN and doing different procedures, doing certain checks that the insurance does not cover. And so there are um, times where there are uh, out-of-pocket costs and seeing that um, doctor has a higher copay than if I've seen, you know, if I were to go to a primary care physician. So although, like I said, we've been blessed with good insurance, it gets really expensive. So the past year though, I can see that the company that I work for and also um, my hu- at my husband's uh, workplace, uh, both companies or both, both organizations have made great strides in this realm of infertility and looking at the infertility cost, um, the medications, uh, the doctor visits and what have you. Um, But I think about those one in eight couples going through this and the cost that they 
you know, have to go through and have to pay for doctor visits, for medications and, and procedures. And we see that not all of the states have this insurance mandate. Uh, and so the costs can become very, very high. Um, and for many couples, it's not a, you know, quick fix. It's not overnight. It's not just one month. It's multiple months. It's multiple, you know, doctor visits. It's multiple uh, attempts to try to conceive. The Affordable uh, Care Act does not require coverage for infertility treatments. And so we see that when we're talking about uh, insurance and infertility treatments, we see that uh, from the realm of, uh, uh, from a legal standpoint, from a law standpoint, from, you know, what companies decides to do and all those things, uh, we're not all the way there. And so there's work that still needs to be done um, in these uh, in this aspect as far as insurance coverage for couples trying to conceive. Um, those states with the infertility mandate um, that covers IVF may have chosen um, the essential health benefits ben- benchmark plan to include IVF. And so again, it's not something that is uh, required of a company. Uh, The company uh, can choose to do so um, even if they are in a state that does not have a quote unquote mandate. And so a lot of companies, you know, through time as women have been uh, waiting a little bit longer to conceive uh, for whatever reason, um, companies are starting to kind of catch up to the fact that this is an area where there's an opportunity uh, for um, advancement. So I wanted to highlight who, um, you know, has been dealing with infertility. So we've discussed who, one in eight couples. We've discussed what, uh, we talked about infertility and we talked about the insurance coverage. And we discussed when this is happening and it is um, in the childbearing age. So I want to say this, and you can ask yourself this question, what can you do? So you're thinking, hey, Danielle, thank you for all the facts. Um, But what does this mean to me? What do I what do I have to do with this? You may already have children and you may not understand the impact. Um, You may be looking at yourself and thinking, "Okay, well, I don't think I know anyone that's dealing with this. So. What can you do? So again, one in eight couples deal with this. I want to challenge you to write, you know, names down and count off one out of eight and think about the women in your life who um, may have gone through this journey. Um, And many have not opened up about it or many have children now and don't really speak on dealing um, or having to deal with infertility. There are many people out there that are dealing with secondary infertility, which means that they already have a child or they already have children, but now as they're trying to have their second child, their third child or what have you, they're now dealing with infertility. And so um, it doesn't mean that the desire to have a child goes away. And so they are still on that journey to conceive. And so think about it, one in eight couples deal with this. So what can you do? I would challenge you to be more sensitive to those who are dealing with this. 
So understand when these individuals, these couples do not want to attend your your uh, different functions. If they don't want to go to your gender reveal party, if they do not want to go to uh, a baby shower, if they do not want to go to a child's um, birthday, if having conversations about children makes them feel uncomfortable, be sensitive to that. Think about an area in your life that you may be sensitive about and you may not like um, individuals to speak about or it makes you uncomfortable when that topic comes up. Put that in perspective. You know, do not be a penina, as we've discussed in a different episode, and antagonize that individual. God sees and hears all. And raising awareness is something that we can all do. Whether you have a personal platform, whether you have a business, whether it's just conversations amongst friends, um, be more sensitive about this journey of infertility and walking infertility help change the conversation around infertility bringing attention to our stories and the issues um, each year each um, opportunity that there is a national infertility awareness week or um, exposing your story um, for those to you know become more aware and more sensitive to it um, it's it sets the stage for the movement to continue and to continue to have open conversations as it surrounds infertility. And I want to tell you, we cannot stop having these conversations. Um, I've already kind of uh, dealt with the fact like, OK, like, what am I going to do when God finally blesses me with a child? What am I going to do? I'm still going to talk about this because it is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It's a topic that I have walked through. I have experienced. Um, there's different aspects of this journey that I have yet to expose and, and talk about. And so um, I'm waiting for God to release me to do so. Uh, so the conversation needs to still happen, you know, long after uh, this chapter is over, the conversation needs to keep going. So let's be more aware and sensitive to those going through this. Um, for more information and insight, I uh, encourage you to visit infertilityawareness.org. There is so much um, information out there, individuals so, um, sharing their stories or what have you. And it's a really uh, great website for information, for insight, and also encouragement. I am also going to be um, giving a, a special giveaway soon. So as I stated um, earlier, I would like to bring a um, resource uh, for dealing with infertility. And so uh, I will have a special give giveaway soon that will highlight what we can do as believers from a spiritual perspective to deal with this journey of walking in fertility. So stay connected with me um, on my social media sites. That will be announced very soon. Thanks again for being open to listening to this episode. I hope I have shed some light during this National Infertility Awareness Week. And I hope that this brings a new perspective and insight 
of those who are walking in fertility. Until next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.